You listen to 247 Real Talk. Uh, this is your host once again, Julian Perry. It's a pleasure to be here with you for another episode of the 247 Real Talk podcast. The last three episodes were part one, part two, and part three of episodes dealing with student loans. And I thought I was done with it. And I was moving on to a different topic for this episode. However, President Biden just brought this to life again with his student uh, loan debt forgiveness uh, program. So when I come back, we'll chat about it a little bit. So welcome back to the 247 Real Talk podcast. It is an absolute pleasure to be here with you once again. As I said before, I'm the host, Julian Perry, and this is a podcast where we have real talk discussions. So everyone who's followed me on my audio podcast um, knows that I've talked a lot over the last year, year and a half about student loans and about the need for a student debt uh, forgiveness, the fact that well, a few statistics, there are somewhere between 43 and 46 million Americans who are affected by student loans, that over 51% of those people are minorities, um, that hold federal student loans. I think over 24% of those minorities are women. And so, <clears throat> you know, we, we are in, we're in unprecedented times, right? We're in a time when we're I want to say it's still coming out for COVID, from COVID because even though we're wearing masks less, even though most of us have been vaccinated, even though there are less deaths, you know, it seems like COVID was the beginning of a change of our world. You know, COVID and then the variants of COVID and then monkeypox now in the United States. I'm not sure how that's doing with the rest of the world. But the, prop, the, the fact is that the world has changed forever. And... Somehow, we have politicians and people who believe that, you know, it is okay to go back to the way we were. And in, and in this process of, of trying to help people and, you know, restaurant owners and students who are paying back student loans, you know, they paused a lot of things. They paused mortgages. They paused, um, I think, rent increases. There was a rent freeze and all these different things. And now... We're trying to open back up, as they say, society and go back to some sense of normality. But I, I feel like we have politicians in the United States that we elect to the highest offices in this land, and they still don't get it. They're so embedded and so and so uh, juvenile about their parties and their partisanship that they forget that they're there for the people by the people. In, in, in having this conversation about student debt, I'm going to speak about a couple of other things that sort of, and you'll see the relationship when I bring it to put it all together. We have things like families that lost breadwinners during COVID. Some lost one breadwinner. There are kids out there where the eldest child is raising the siblings now because both parents were lost to COVID. We have people who lost jobs. We, lost, we have industries and restaurants and stuff like that were hit really hard and Many of those restaurants and, and, and the livelihoods of people who work there, you know, they're gone forever. So the recovery is hard. I mean, even though we have, you know, they don't understand why they say there are millions of jobs available across the United States, and yet they remain 
available. Because even if you know, if I was part of an industry that has been, has taken such a huge hit from COVID, and now I sort of need to reinvent myself, that takes time. And when that takes time and you're looking to say, what should I do next? That's the dilemma. It's the dilemma because I'm looking at the rest of the landscape and I'm seeing what people are going through with student loans. And, you know, just yesterday I heard a, a politician, I hate to say it, and I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to make this podcast partisan because this is about real talk. I don't care which side of the aisle you sit on. And the bottom line is this was a Republican politician who said, you know, well, if you why did you borrow student loans if you didn't intend to pay them back? And, and I, I thought about it and I said, this person actually was elected to office to run one of the greatest countries in the world, and that's the, the most common sense they have? Because the fact of the matter is, nobody, unless, I mean, you have all types of people in this world, but generally speaking, I don't think anyone goes out and says, you know what? I'm going to go to college. I'm going to work hard for four years. I'm going to get a degree, and I'm not going to pay back the loan. That's not our intention. Most people, especially, you know, people who go for federal student loans are people who don't have the means to pay on their own, most people. And they're saying, you know what? I want an education. I want better for my life. I want better for my family. I want better for my children. So they take out these loans with the understanding. And this is this part is very mythical in this whole process because the understanding is whatever I go to college for, the type of degree I get that there's a direct correlation between the subject matter that you study and the earning capability when you're done. They're supposed to be. And so what we're saying is, you know, if I decide to be a doctor or an engineer or a carpenter, whatever it is, the amount of money I pay for that education should have a direct relationship to the salary scope, you know, as an average around the country when I when I get out so that I have an opportunity to live, to buy a home, to buy a car, to 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 go to a movie, to go to dinner once, and to pay my student loans. The problem is, number one, we come out, and the same leaders who are now punishing us and fighting and bickering about these student loans forgiveness, they haven't done their job. They spent so much time focusing on themselves and what they want, and they're fighting and trying to make the rich richer and the poor poorer, that we come out and the jobs are not there, not with the salary that we need. So what happens? We keep going at job after job. And, and, you know, and then in the midst of all this, there is something that Pe President Biden himself has acknowledged. And that is that there is systemic racism. He's come out clearly and says he acknowledges it and he wants to change it. He wants to fight it. If he understands, if he truly understands the dynamic of systemic racism, he, under he would understand that many people, many minorities who graduate go for job after job after job, and they get that famous letter, and now it's email. We're in the email world, right? Thank you so much for applying. Um, we appreciate your application. After careful consideration, we've decided to go with another candidate. Uh, we wish you well in your future endeavors, or some nonsense like that to close the letter. And the letters pile up. And you're looking at, and this has happened to me because I've gone in my own place of business. I've seen other people apply for the job that I did. And I, and I've, and I have seen who got it. 
And later on, you hear the whispering of, well, how come you didn't get it? Because this, this person that got it, they're no good at the job. And in some cases, they have to leave. So, you know, it, it is like you have all the credentials and you still can't get a job. And so if, if President Biden truly understands the challenges not just the student loans and the debt, but the systemic racism, the fact that we're coming out of a pandemic, okay? He would understand that even what he's done is a start, but it's not enough. And if the Republicans actually cared about people and the Democrats, I don't care who you are, then this is a human issue. I'm going to say a few other quick things because I don't want to make this a really long episode. One, whatever part you belong to, whether you're a Republican, you use the, the MAGA, Made America Great Again, or whatever you are. The fact of the matter is, every other day in the news, I hear something about the war in Ukraine. It, the news has simmered down a bit now because the war has been dragging on, right? But sometime last week, I heard about another package of us uh, going to Ukraine of, of aid, uh, three-quarters of a trillion dollars. Now, Russia is not America. Ukraine is not America. We feel empathetic or supposedly empathetic. You know, beyond, it, it, that's all the guise of people who are actually making money from wars because you know that's what happens. But we're under the, under the guise of being empathetic and sympathetic for what's going on, to the, what's happening to the people in Ukraine. We're sending them aid. My dear departed mother used to say, charity begins at home. If you can send what is now most likely over a trillion dollars in aid to Ukraine, you can certainly take a trillion dollars and invest in the American people. It doesn't matter who paid student loans before. I mean, if you want to look at people and you want to uh, you know, revise the system and say, hey, you know what? We'll give you a tax break if you paid it before. The fact of the matter is charity begins at home. People need real help. People who come here, people who are born here, people who take the effort and the time to go to university and then give all their skills and knowledge right back to this country to make it great. We need to invest in us. If we can afford to not only invest in other people, but bail other people out, we can certainly bail our own. This is kind of like parents seeing their neighbor's kids need help and their own kids need help. And they're okay with helping the neighbor's kids, but not theirs. Most parents won't do that, right? Well, it's the same thing. We need to invest in our own. And if you were to get to a point where you got to a, a zero, a day one, again, restart of Ferris to get loans, you need to revamp the system. For instance, the income-driven um, program, President, if you read further down in his, in his student debt forgiveness program, He's capping repayment of undergraduate loans at 5%. Now, that's a pretty good thing because that helps a lot of people. It takes the payment down and makes it more manageable. But then he's not capping graduate loans. Now, I'm assuming that he's thinking that, well, once you get a bachelor's, if you go on to a master's, that's on you. That's no longer true. If President Biden is living in our time and he understands this world and this time, he also understands that a bachelor's 
many times. There are many people with a bachelor's degree who are saying, and I don't mean any prejudice by it, so please don't take this the wrong way. But we say these things you see in the movies just to make a point. There are many people with bachelors saying, welcome to McDonald's, may I take your order, please? Because one, there was a time when a bachelor's degree meant that you could rise to the top, that you that it was it was golden. Now, it's like a dime a dozen. If you want to stand out, if you want to get to the next level, the reason I have student loans is because after my bachelor's, I was told by my superiors, my supervisors, if you want to get ahead, you have to get a master's. I, I didn't intend to go back for a master's, and I certainly couldn't afford to pay for it. So I took out student loans, and I got a master's. I'll also sit in front of you in front of this camera and tell you that after two masters, because I, after I got my first master's, then I was told, hey, you need to, so I got a, I mean, let me give you a little bit more in depth so you understand. I got a master's in information technology because that's been my field. And then they said, well, you know, as a manager, you want to rise higher. You need to go project management too. So, you know, you take the extra classes and get a master's in project management too. This was advice. And it seemed to make sense at the time. And, and, and it should make sense because it should equate to a certain salary, right? It hasn't. Now I'm sitting there with, with, with a burden and a, and, and a weight and a, a crushing amount of student loan debt, wondering whether, you know, when I pay my mortgage, if I can't pay this debt, you know, am I going to lose my home? Are my kids going to lose the roof over their heads? You know, am I at, at, at this stage of my life, you know, do I have to go out there now and get a second job? All of these things come to mind because, you know, this, the, the people who are supposed to be for the people, by the people, care nothing about the people. I was very critical in all my episodes before about uh, President Biden and the need for him to do something. I applaud him for the effort. But he is president of the United States. He is president of the most powerful country in the world. He needs to stand up and live that role. He needs to do something without concern about what others think, just the right thing. This America is a country of immigrants. We are a melting pot. No matter where you came from, no matter, even if you were born here, you're a mixture of something. That's what makes us great. And if we want to keep that greatness, we have to take care of our own. It doesn't matter, again, like I said, if someone else paid their student loans because human beings and life must evolve. If we did something 400 years ago, we can't say, well, you know what? It's, it can't change because I did it 400 years ago, so therefore you have to do it. No. We need to understand that the world has changed. We need to understand that the last pandemic was 100 years ago. My father is going to be 91 this January. He was born in 1932. He's going to be 91, and he didn't see this is the first pandemic of his lifetime. So understand something. What we have experienced is life-altering. We need to reset. We need to understand. We need to lift people. We understand that there are people amongst us who will just be along for the ride. But we can't punish the majority because of the minority. And so even with the current student debt forgiveness program, I call upon President Biden, I call upon our governments, Republican, Democrat, to stand together to really think about what you can do for people. To understand that when someone saves some money on paying student loans, it means a better life. 
It means proper clothes for their kids. It means an opportunity possibly of buying a home and living and, 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 and claiming and realizing the American dream. I also call on him to make a revision to his plan to make the cap of 5% income of your income for repayment for loans for all loans, graduate and undergraduate. Because if you understand today's climate, there is not much difference. And the last thing I will say is, he said that this December, he's extended the moratorium to the end of December, said that's it. And I caution him about saying that's it. Because the fact remains that the stock market, even as of this past Friday, suggests that we're going into recession. And if that happens, what do companies do? They lay people off. We've had enough burden from our own country while we watch our own country lifting others by taking our wealth and giving it to help others. Charity begins at home. Be who we elected you to be and help us. I thank you for listening to the 247 Real Talk podcast. I thank you for being here with me. And you can catch me on the audio or the TV at Mogul TV on this network. Until the next time, take care of yourselves and each other.